talking all things theatre and events. Since graduating, I have done things such as Phantom of the Opera and Lamers. I've been a professional dancer now for 18 years, and I've a lot of my main work is with Matthew Bourne's New Adventures. I mean, I think everyone listening or, or, or anywhere involved in the arts will understand that that's our purpose. It, it is the art. The Stage Is Yours podcast. Hello and welcome back to The Stage Is Yours podcast. With me, your host, Carl Graham, joined as always by producer Dan, and we're talking all things theatre and events. Today, we're joined by Cameron Flynn, a young Scottish choreographer and dancer with New Adventures. We talk about his career so far and his journey while training, we also get into his inspiration and motivation behind his latest creation, Unskilled, a piece created entirely during lockdown. So enough from me, Cameron Flynn, the stage is yours. On the podcast today, we're joined by Cameron Flynn. How are you, my friend? How are you? Yeah, not too bad. Not too bad. We're almost at the end of this, I feel. So, so yeah, on the, on the home straight, on the home straight. Light at the end of the tunnel, that's for sure. So in... I say in normal times, that's kind of a, hopefully a sentence I don't have to use anymore. Um, you are a dancer and choreographer. Yes, yes. So I am, um, this whole choreography and creative thing really just came out of lockdown for me because, I mean, I think everyone listening or, or, or anyone involved in the arts will understand that that's our purpose, it, it is the arts. And if you remove arts, we've got, we've got no real like purpose or, or point. Do you know what I mean? So I kind of, I was always fond of choreography. I like making up my stuff and being creative. I always loved stories that people connect to. But yeah, for me, it was um, less of an opportunity to go, right, I've got this window now. I need to make a career for myself. I need to do this. It actually just started as like, I need this for my health, like to keep going, to have something to do. You know what I mean? So although I can stand here and I'm saying I'm very proud of myself and we've had I've had great successes with my work. But it honestly all started with my very first project was um, when you were allowed two households outside um, and about summertime, I got um, my best mate and his girlfriend to come over and my house, we just went in the garden, we just created something and thought, should we just get this filmed? Why not? Do you know what I mean? And then that, that's kind of how it all started for, from the creative side during lockdown. But pre-lockdown, yeah, I'm, I'm very fortunate to be um, a company member with Matthew Boyd's New Adventures since um, 2019, I believe, with um, Romeo and Juliet and then on to Red Shoes. So, yeah, that's kind of my dancer side and then nice. my new creative side. Um, so how is it you have became a dancer? Did you Have you always wanted to kind of go down that route or was it something you kind of just... Yeah, so I remember being young and and I I went to like, I think it was a Thursday or Friday night hip-hop class. It was hip-hop and jazz at the time. And um, I thought it was the coolest guy ever, you know, (laughs) snap back on, um, knee slides on the floor. And then um, the principal of the school says, you need to get some classical training in you. It was never something I really was hugely fond of. I remember my dad taking me to first ballet class and I left and being like, no, this is not for me. No, really sorry. Do you know what I mean? And then from from my memory, I remember the next week just going, right, let's go, dad, let's go. Do you know what I mean? Take me. And my dad was a bit confused, you know, it's like, you're going back. 
So it was never, I think a lot of dancers will say, there was never really like a moment where I thought, right, I'm going to be a dancer. You just start dance class and you just carry on year after year after year after year and you just take next steps. And the next step was for me when I left Aberdeen and moved to Knightswood, the dance school of Scotland, um, the residential school in Glasgow. That was my next step. And then I did two years there. And then the next step after that was college in London. And then you sometimes you don't slow down and give yourself a chance to go, is this what I want to do, you know? So yeah, yeah, that was kind of my, my, my journey. Real. Like I said, it's just one of those. I think it, you can, within the arts, you kind of, without realizing it, you just kind of go, oh yeah, this I'm here. Yeah. Next. Okay. That's yeah. just where I'm going next and next. And ultimately you kind of end up go, oh, okay. I'm now out in the big yeah i'm now 24 years old and i'm you know (laughs) but um but i would say i think that's a huge part to do i know it's a bit cringy and a bit cliche but it is because we love what we do you don't really give yourself a time of course you have good days and bad days but you don't really give yourself a time to stop and go is this the job i really want to be doing you know what i mean no yeah i think when you enjoy what you do you don't it doesn't feel like work i think yeah exactly certainly from what i've done it's you could you put in long hours and stuff and late nights and stuff like that and early mornings and you just you just do it you're like yeah fine i that's what i, what I want to be doing i want to be yeah I, I i also think like look on a, on a tech day when you're up at eight in the morning and you don't get home till like 11 at night if that was in any other job if that was in a restaurant a bar an office anything you'd be pulling your hair out going i've gone crazy but because it's in the arts you're like solid day solid yeah. day four <laughs> you know? days work four days yeah, yeah. like yeah i yeah tech days are long and you're just like and you're switched on for that entire time from like yeah. you know, walking the theater obviously it's like for you guys it's that and a lot of the time as well where i mean you take red shoes tech for instance for a lot of you guys and for us it's the first time those two sides other than in the rehearsal room have, yeah come together and actually everything that you guys have been told will be there is there yeah and we've suddenly got you guys to not get in the way of or make sure you're not going to get hit by something and stuff like that so those tech days are yeah they're long um and can be a little bit stressful at times especially if things aren't going to plan and obviously you're on a massively tight schedule so it's kind of it, it is always kind of a little bit of a pressured environment but then you get to the end of it and you do the show at the end of the week and you go, yeah, it was absolutely all yeah, it was worth, worth it. it. And that first audience that you perform in front of. Um, yeah. Did we do previews of Red Shoes? I can't even remember. But um, yeah, it was, it, yeah, I absolutely understand what you mean. And I think you have to love it to put in a, what is a, the thick end of a yeah 16 hour day, potentially once you take into account once you get up and yeah and especially like i've been very fortunate when i joined the company at, at 19 yeah nine oh could be 20 one of the two and um yeah and for me stepping into that and see that's why i've always been i've always sometimes want to stand next to sammy or or, or shiv or or anything who who were on the um on the desk just to like always fascinated and learning what makes it all tick you know, especially when I was yeah. so young, you when you do local dance school shows, you know, you just rock up and you do your thing and you go home. But, you know, we're surrounded by it on tour, you know, so. Yeah, absolutely. And I think if you sit next to any DSM, um, I mean, Sammy describes her job as air traffic control for humans. Um, yeah. In the sense of she's talking to everyone. 
she can talk to anyone and everyone on the production crew pretty much and yeah. has that and has but also can hear everyone chatting in her ear so she's got to deal with potentially us lot solving issues and problems as well as trying to yeah that and working with gaz the stage manager to keep us all on track so there's an awful lot going on and even during a show as well it's the same sort of thing of there's a hundred well not 101 but there's lots of different little conversations going on yeah bits of timing that we have to get right and obviously for you guys as well making sure that everything is where you expect it to be because it's yeah i mean you know shoot red shoes itself it's for yes it's probably a slightly shorter show in its grand length yeah but it's full on for that yeah i remember i've been an absolute absolute diva i think our biggest pressure i've ever had was when i went and did my first tech run in an, as Demetria as my as my second role, and there's a lot of props involved in that. And I remember being so stressed, running to the side of the stage and being shouting, "Where's the chair? Where's the chair? Where's the chair?" And there's about five stage management crew just sat there going, "Chairs right in front of you, like just yeah." You know. <laughs> exactly. Like if we can make it as easy as possible, and we probably had a little bit of a laugh at you at that point. If we'd have yeah. been at the same point of going, "Yeah, it's fine," but that's the thing, and just like, yeah, we know it's there, and we know it's that, and it's. But yeah, I think that's and those moments where it's everyone comes together and it happens, and yeah, what, what makes it, it tick works. It's, yeah, it is great. It's kind of yeah, it's those moments you're like yeah, and definitely makes it worthwhile in that sense. And yeah, yeah. All the hard work definitely pays off in the end. Um, so let's talk about your uh, choreography work and specifically your latest piece, um, Unskilled. Yes, yeah, so um, this kind of came about, like I said earlier, you know, it started off in the garden and we got something filmed. In fact, we went to, I mean, it was probably a private car park, so I could get in trouble for this. We went to a rooftop of a, of, a, of a car park and kind of got something filmed, released it, and then that kind of ignited a passion for you know storytelling through through art i think why i'm such a big fan of, of new adventures stuff not only because i'm in it but why i've always been such a fan uh, is is the is the storytelling aspect and and how you don't have to be a huge dance expert or theater expert to really connect to the work if that makes it it's just the the, the storytelling medium is 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 dance you know what I mean? Instead of words or instead of a movie, you know? So, so yeah, I, I carried on with that. And then I realized that doing it on a rooftop with your mates, budget is zero. Then you start to, you know, go, I've got this idea. And then it starts to go, but this is going to cost you studio rehearsals. This is going to cost you for videographer fees. And, and, and as I kind of grew bigger, um, more ideas came to my mind. Oh, I want to do this. I want to do this, especially if the world's still nine months away. You know what I mean? So I did another short piece called In Case You Don't Live Forever, where I started to push out into like duets and storytelling. And um, and then uh, I carry an Imogen um, with New Adventures sent out an email about their Spring Forward program, which is um, an initiative to reach out to the, their uh, freelance community um, in new adventures to um, provide support guidance and a financial grant to develop other skills. So other people have gone and developed a choreography, developed completely new subjects, fitness, you know, Pilates, yoga, massage kind of thing. Because um, it's really important to have a plan, not a plan B, but another attribute of yourself that you can call upon if Boris decides to go shut the theatres. Yeah. So, yeah, so I, I, I'm... 
I basically applied for it. I wasn't really sure if getting a financial grant to make work was the point of it, you know. Uh, you know, I saw New Ventures had done a lot of other little video pieces. I thought, I don't, I think this is to go away and, and do something completely different. But I went for it. I, I sub, submitted my application and kind of said that I wanted to, you know, use young artists. I wanted to, you know, showcase people that currently are right now doing night shifts in Waitrose that are, you know, doing Zoom classes with kids, pointing their toes, little baby ballet classes. I wanted to showcase that we're all in the same boat through a story. So this idea came to my mind of unskilled. I know per quote, nobody in the government said unskilled, but you know, hearing these things like retrain, low skilled jobs, not viable for help, that kind of all spun in my head. I thought, how can I create a piece that celebrates what we do, but also puts a little bit of a middle finger up to those, you know? Yeah. And But I didn't want it to be, you know, it's very easy jumped ideas like videos of the theatres being shut, videos of Boris being, and everybody be like all doom and gloom and oh, we can't get our work back kind of thing. I wanted to do more of a celebration rather than, you know, feel sorry for us. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, so, so, so yeah, Unskilled kind of came up as a title. I thought it was very powerful, you know, and then the idea kind of stemmed from there. I remember in September sat um, outside and kind of piecing it all together. And, and the idea originally started with, okay, I'm going to get um, Harry, uh, Harrison Dowzell, who played the lead, I'm going to get him to go onto a rooftop with a radio, hear all this bad news, and then burst out into dance. And then that kind of, the more I thought about that, I thought, that's a bit, a bit cringy, a bit high school musical-esque. <laughs> You know, so I thought, how can I do a, a piece that's relatable? And that's how I came up with the whole like off to work kind of thing. How there's all these talented people who work in the arts who now, in my view, can walk down the street, their talent's completely invisible. You wouldn't know. You could go through the tube and you could be sat next to Olivia Award winning, you know, um, artist. And you wouldn't know because they're, they have now had to retrain and do a job. So, so yeah, that's how kind of the idea came about um, and how I started to piece it together. So, so yeah. Yeah, I think absolutely. I think when all that kind of stuff started coming out and that poster was coming out of the girl putting on her ballet shoes and stuff like this saying, oh, you need, like, you should retrain in cybersecurity and all of this sort of stuff and was taken and was put out there. And I know that image came from a completely different campaign of what yeah. The government meant it to do but was put out in this and the context was horribly wrong and massively that and i think my overarching feeling at the time was and hearing conversation people saying bits and pieces that for a lot of people they see the arts as a hobby it's something they do as a kid or at gcse where it's that subject you do because you want a bit of an hour off every day or whatever or it's a class you do as a kid because it's what you all go and do it's not and it feels like it's a hobby and it's but then there's those of us who it's like, it's really not. It's what we, it's our passion. We're only, we're in it because it's, yes, it started off as that hobby and something to do that, but we went, I, and that's where it comes to. And that's, I think what really got me at the time was that it was, that's what it kind of felt like that people who do had no idea that these things are out there and that they exist. And suddenly we're being told, no, you can't do that. Go do something else. Retrain. Yeah, it's funny. I, I remember <laughs> funny story. Um, I remember 
finishing a show and jumping in an, in, in an Uber and the Uber driver, very lovely guy, very just unaware of our industry. And I, I, I said to him, he said, oh, oh, what do you do? I says, oh, I'm a dancer. And he goes, oh, you're finished early. As if I was a dancer in a club and some kind of stripper, <laughs> you know, like pe- some people. That's Connotation, just, yeah. Yeah, but that's not, I'm not always saying we have to go, oh, educate yourself. You need to do this. But I think it is underlying that our skills are not valued up there with, with others, you know, and especially, you know, where we are, uh, you know, the, the onstage performance people are, are, are have to be deemed as athletes, in my opinion. You know, it's a mean. I'm not oh, arguing that. I once made the mistake working with a dance company of saying ah, when I was very young, uh, when I'd be 18, 19, working with a dance company and made the mistake saying, oh, it's fine. Your warm up's not that hard. I can do that. <laughs> mate i got stage manager made me do it the next day i'm dead absolutely yeah. dead. i was like that's i was like yeah fine i'm pretty sure they upped it a little bit from normal as well but i was just a mess on the floor yeah and I had to go do my normal job and was like nah yeah it was killer yeah i know but i think i wouldn't say it like it's a bad thing i don't think we should be you know blaming people or going this but i think when higher powers you know when they whether they uh, paint it out wrongly or release wrong images or at wrong times, they do without knowing they make the whole community and everybody that views the, the community very like undervalued, you know, very not, 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 um, not worth as, as what we, we think it is. So I think that's why unskilled was so important to me. You know, of course, there's the egotistical side. Let's not lie that every performer yeah. has. <laughs> I want to create work that's viewed by millions. I want to be, I want to have my name in lights. I want to do all this. Of course, there's that point to it. You're like, I want to do something that that makes a good name for myself. But then also, and I do truly mean this, I did really want, I, I pictured in my head, if somebody was, you know, living in London, the pandemic hits, they were they were auditioning, they hadn't quite got work yet, but they were on there, the pandemic hits, they lose all their financial money, they have to move home with their family. Um, to them, they'll be viewed as a failure in their own mind, because I can put myself in their shoes. If I had to move home, yeah. I would view myself as a failure. And I really wanted somebody that was on the, you know, the edge of going, I'm going to give up. This industry is just not, you know, valued enough. I don't have a big enough chance. I wanted them to view unskilled and almost get one last kick and go, no, for goodness sake. This is why I trained my backside off for three years. Forget the three years of professional training. The probably four years of, you know what I mean? And for me to somebody at home to be sat watching that and going, I'm not alone. We've all had to go through this and get, you know, get their backside back to London and get back on the scene and back auditioning, you know. That was really important to me. I didn't want a generation to people that just graduate. In fact, they didn't get to graduate because of the pandemic. Yeah, absolutely. I think to, it's... To, to just go home and, and, you know what I mean, and give up. Yeah, it's going to be so tough at the moment for those guys graduating at the moment. And a good friend of mine who edits these podcasts for me, um, he's or didn't graduate from... He finished his degree and stuff as well. And it's just kind of like, well... And okay, on the production side, it's a little bit different. Like he's managed to pick up a few bits and pieces here and he's got contacts and stuff. But obviously we don't have to go through that audition process and stuff like that. And if you're coming out of university or your training and there's nothing there for you to do, it's going to be so, so tough. And uh, yeah, it's going to be, 
certainly last year's kind of cohort of trainees and this year's it's going to be it's going to be a struggle so yeah having that kind of thing about there like don't like there is stuff there but it's gonna yeah and i think yeah i think you've got to have a an amount of drive to go keep going keep going keep going i really hope i mean people have told me this correct me if i'm wrong i really hope that unskilled gave that angry you know, powerful, dry, like it showed that through the piece. I think you it know? speaks to everyone. I think I'm having spoken to a few people and seen a few bits and pieces and people who it was never, never aimed at in your initial eyes in that sense of that have kind of watched it and gone, yeah, and just needed that little boost to go, yeah, there's still, yeah, it'll come back. We'll, we'll be there. It will still happen. So how yeah. did you find creating something during a pandemic with all these restrictions and everything else and that surely that added a whole different set of challenges yeah so i'm not gonna lie to you there is a whole lot of luck involved in in what happened if we had moved the filming date by a week it would have been against um government um guidelines so we london was sat in tier two um until mid-december and then within a week it shot up to tier four over christmas and then we had that horrible time over christmas yeah so i was very fortunate in london we were all you know under enough restrictions where we could do things you know so we held um social distance rehearsals um in in london and uh, and then we did a filming day as well it it, it was all pre-planned i tried to do as much in my back garden and in my room as possible so the amount of studio time the amount of contact time was as minimal as possible but um but yeah i, I would say actually i know it's like the, the question was how difficult was it but it never actually came to my mind i think purely because of luck i never had to i never thought oh you know the government are going to change things in the next two weeks i better hurry up it was uh, i was a lot of luck involved there but um, I will say as well is exploring digital means was very interesting in my whole creative journey because obviously, you know, creating something digital is something completely different to on stage, you know. So you know where you focus on the working with my videographer, everything is um, is completely different when it is done digital, and that's the same for choreography because when you watch a live show, there's probably about three or four things you can look at. And that's the director's job to bring the focus to one part of the story. And that's where my development came under a lot of pressure was um, was directing. It's, it's, you can choreograph great moves, don't get me wrong, you know, and you can put great zoom in camera effects and you can add lights and oh, it'll look amazing. But um, But as far as telling a story, that was my most difficult part, you know, for sure. But 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 yet in the lockdown, it um, it was very lucky how, how how we all kind of pieced it together. Because look, I, I've been trying to plan, you know, squeezing one one little more one, but it looks of it, nothing will be allowed until at least the twelfth of April outside, and then inside it isn't till. So so yeah, being being quite lucky in that sense that the three productions that short productions that I've made have been slotted perfectly, you know, in everything. I mean, yeah, definitely. I mean, there's always a little bit of luck involved with all of these things. I think it's it just happens that, and it is great yeah. that you've managed to kind of, that they have fallen in these gaps. I certainly know a lot of people who have had things in the pipeline and then it's just kind of gone, oh, no, wait, it's gone. And yeah, then the kind of moment's gone and there's not the kind of momentum behind it or 
of doing that. So that is great. But like you even mentioned then, I'm sure you just said like minimizing contact time, planning out everything so that you're yeah. spending the least amount of time in that potentially slightly more risky environment, if you like, yeah. of things like that. So I think which is stuff that normally you wouldn't necessarily have to think about. You would obviously plan it, but it was yeah. more so from that. But obviously, so, like little, little things from a viewer's point of view, like in the piece, I always made sure that they were stood at least one meter plus apart because I didn't want anybody to watch the piece and think, how were they allowed to do that? Why are they so close? Why are they touching? Why are they? I wanted the message to be so pure that no other side little thing. So like when I choreographed the outside sections, even when they were on the steps, obviously on the camera it's closer, but they were like two, if not three yeah. meters apart. You know, the, all the inside sections, I tried to have everyone spaced out as much as I can just because I feel we'd be shooting ourselves in the foot. We want to get back to work, but we're inside doing all this stuff that can be, you know, a, can make the transmission, you know, happen. I thought there was a lot of like um, little tiny bits and pieces, you know, all the all the paperwork behind the scenes, you know, the, the, the COVID things you have to sign off, the uh, risk assessments. There was a lot behind the scenes that I never want to do a risk assessment again. I hate <laughs> it. I hate it. I just want to stick the dancing. I don't want to do no paperwork. I don't want to get, never heard of public liability insurance until three months ago. You know, I found myself, a funny story, I found myself um, everywhere you film, you think I'm in a free world. Everywhere you film, you need permission. You need a permit. And People I, to be on camera. Yeah. Yeah. And I found myself, um, what's call it, uh, writing endless emails to people to just ask permission to film on, on their land. And I actually, where we filmed outside, we looked at many locations and they turn around, rightfully so, if I owned a bit of land, they turn around and go two hours filming 700 quid. And I'm like, I'm so, like, you know what I mean? And, and you got, you got to understand that like these big budget films, like when you watch Harry Potter and they're, they're filming at Piccadilly Circus, There'll be a million pounds on that. They've paid over and the rest. They closed Piccadilly Circus for some of the shots of that. Yeah, they closed the whole Piccadilly Circus for two nights. I think they did. Um, the whole thing closed. No yeah. access to it at all. Can you like? I can't get my head around being allowed to do that and the cost that that's going to involve to close the whole of Piccadilly Circus. Yeah, like, yeah, it's mad. But thankfully, I developed an amazing relationship with. Um, with uh, Moor London, which is the people that own that front pedestrian section. So I remember sometimes with my accent and when I talk, I prefer to call because I can feel I can convince someone with a bit of cheeky charm rather than <laughs> an email. So I was just called, I was just being, look, we're all young artists, you know, we're totally out, out of work, we want to create something. Thankfully, this um, Katie that works for, for, for Moor London, she was totally on board and, and she got us a, a, a permit. But it was funny, in order to get this permit, I had to um, go down into the um, counter-terrorism office in London. You, you think if you go to a landmark, so London Eye, and you just stand, or, or you know, the House of Parliament, you just stand and look around, the amount of people that are watching all the time, security, cameras, without you noticing, is, is, is huge, you know? So we went to outside City Hall and if you just stand still, the oh, security there, 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 camera there. And you actually start to see things and outs. So when I went, it was, it was underground to this counter-terrorism office to collect my permit. 
you know, and there's like uniform lists on the wall and they've all got guns on them and everything. I went up to this little screen and just me going, excuse me, can I have my filming permit, please? Madden. You know? Yeah. It's, it's just a whole other world. And then obviously the security then over the radio, they know there's a group of six dancers that have got a filming permit. We, we filmed at like 8.30 in the morning. There wasn't a lot of people there. But the ins and outs of, of all this, which I know I did it on my own. I, I had a lot of help from my peers. But usually there's a whole production team that saw all this. From your yeah, yeah, in your yeah, in normal times that's what it would have been. But yeah, it's yeah, the hoops and stuff jump through. So that, that yeah, you're normally your kind of producer, your stage manager, production manager, yeah. all of that sort of stuff are kind of dealing with that. So, but yeah, so as much as as much as I was like, oh yeah, I was a creative choreographer. I have to say I did everything. <laughs> you know, right? It's, it is what like I said in lockdown, everyone's had to kind of branch out. Yeah. But like I said, it's a great that. Um, thing for you as well and personally going forward of like just even having more of an understanding you mentioned it earlier of like oh i learned so much that. just understanding of everything that's going on and what's going into different bits and yeah. in the future when you ask certain things of certain people and you don't have to do everything yourself you go yeah. okay i've got an idea of what's gonna a little bit more of an idea of what i'm actually asking and how much is gonna go into that which i always think is great of like if people have got a much bigger understanding of what goes on and what it takes of what other people's job roles are then it just makes you better at your own because you can just kind of go yeah fine understand that i not just kind of go oh why or ask that yeah. question and be that person but it's grand in that sense so is there anything in the pipeline obviously we're kind of in that thing that things are that hopefully starting to go back to normal but yeah is there yeah, anything no, so else so, so yeah, obviously I would love, again, it's uh, all government pending, all, all, all up in the air. There's obviously future new adventure shows I, I'd love to be part of. Um, so, so we just got to see about that. That's just um, fingers crossed and, and hope, get myself back into fitness. Um, obviously I'd love to continue my, my performing career. But as far as um, the creative career, um, I'm working at the moment with um, uh, Disguise Studios, which are a big XR company. Um, I literally have rehearsals today for that. As soon as I jump off of this, um, I'm very fortunate to be in the studio um, to, to crack on with that. Working with them on, a, on some mental health content for Mental Health Week in May. So I'm currently working on that. It's some amazing technology, XR technology, um, you know, visual effects in the background, adding to some choreography. So that'll be exciting and very lucky to do do that with um, Echo Productions, the produ production team that are, are, are doing that. So I've got that in the pipeline. Um, I'm hoping to squeeze out one last little story, hopefully. Um, uh, hopefully release May June, and then um, I've put, I've filed in an arts council application to do a project this summer, and I'm still waiting to hear back from that. So I'll know back from that in, in April. But um, you just got to make the first steps, absolutely, and, and then you'll see. But hopefully, fingers crossed, the rest of this year looks exciting. It looks busy, it looks stressful, but it, yeah, it's going to be in a good way. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be exciting. So. So look, at the end of the day, I, 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 I'm very fortunate, you know, it's been a lot of hard work, but, you know, with the contents and the, the con contents, contacts that I've got and the opportunities I've been provided, you know, I know it's been a rubbish year, but actually I, I, I do 
look back, I remember Kerry Biggins with New Adventures, she helped me do like a bit of a reflection time and look back at everything. And what I, me and my team have achieved this year is amazing, you know? I, I do really have to look back at and, and give everyone credit that I've worked with. You know, I think uh, this virus has been horrible in so many ways for our industry, but would any of this happened if it wasn't for that? You know, I don't want to look at it that way, but I, I've always wanted to create some something like this. Absolutely. And, um, it has given me an opportunity to do that. So, so yeah. Yeah, I think you've got to look at the positives to take from it and kind of go, well, actually, yeah, this has turned out and how you can adapt that. And even if it, like we were talking before, even that it just makes you realise what it is that your job does mean to you and stuff like that. Yeah. How much it plays a part in your life and stuff like that. And then also just simply on the lines of, and we touched on it when we were chatting before, it's probably the first time I've had any kind of real break in yeah, like far too long. So I was like, even at the simple thing of that, of like, yeah, just having some proper time to rest, however enforced it may have been, is probably not, yeah. not a bad thing in some ways. Yeah, Steph has all made us look at our lives and go, what's important, you know, family, friends, and really finding, even though sometimes you can work in the arts, for me, I love performing, but also finding where else you want to take your, your career, you know, and, and really going, is this what, you know, is this something I want to do and exploring ways to make that happen. So, yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah. Well, let's wrap this up into the final few questions that everyone on the podcast gets asked. Um, so the first one of those is if you had a dream show that you could work on, that you could be a part of, that you might even create, what would that be for you? Yeah, I've always been a, I was always been a fan of, um, of the old school stuff, you know, like Singing in the Rain, West Side Story. Um, so I think if my, a dream and my biggest challenge would be if a producer came to me and went, modernise it, you know? Not as in, not as in to, because the choreography, and those shows are untouchable, yeah. you know, they're like the holy grail, you know, it's not that that needs updating, not at all. But if somebody went, you know, I'm doing this low skill production of West Side Story or whatever, but I want a fresh look on it, you know, just have the opportunity to see, to, to create to that kind of work, you know, um, and the old school stuff that's like singing in the rain as well, you know, I, I like my, I like tap as well. I know it's not something I've ever I've done it a long time, but I love that kind of thing. Just showmanship. I want to put on a show, you know, whether whether that's whether that's digitally, whether that's you know on on stage. So so yeah, that's kind of like yeah, like nice. the dream. Yeah, absolutely. Um, second one, and this is probably the most random of the three. Um, so what is your go-to post-show snack? That one thing that after a show you just go, yeah, I'm craving and I need. You know what? I'm gonna, I'm gonna, well, I'm gonna be laughed at this, but I'll tell you a funny. So me and me and Harrison, we we're, we're Milton Keynes. Uh, Harrison's a um, company member with New Adventures, and we were sharing a hotel room in Milton Keynes. Milton Keynes is a bit of a funny venue. There's not many digs near. It's it's. Um, in fact, you struggle to get signal there. <laughs> <laughs> but we were staying in. We we're staying in the in the premier room right opposite, and we were both just exhausted from the show. And we went down to the bar. We asked the barman, "Can we just have a pint of milk, please?" <laughs> so both of us sat there with um, with a pint of milk after a show at the bar, like absolute losers. <laughs> we we're both just craving it, but. 
I don't really have a go-to one, but I suppose that's a funny story about like uh, what you do uh, what you do after a show. But but yeah. Um, and the final one, uh, last kind of question of the podcast. And um, what's the one thing that you know now that you wish you'd known when you'd first kind of started out on your career? That one thing that probably would have made your life a little bit easier if you'd have known it. I think it's. I think I just tell myself. It's all going to work out, no matter how you're up till 2 in the a, two, 2 a.m. in the morning, waiting for an email to come through. Like, go to bed. It's going to happen. Do you know what I mean? I, 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 I would definitely tell myself that and tell myself to, like, slow down. There's a lot of lessons to learn. You know, you don't have to go from zero to 100, you know, to, to slow down. Enjoy the process and not keep thinking, oh, 5,000 people have viewed this, 10,000 people have viewed this. That's, that's the peak. It's, it's about the process and, and the lessons learned. So, yeah, that, that's why I wish I would... I continue to tell myself, I wish I told myself earlier, you know? So, yeah. Yeah, I think that's some really good advice for everyone, really, that it's, yeah, just trust the process, really. Yeah. It will, if it's, it will get there. Mate, this has been an absolute pleasure catching up and talking all things theatre and your work as well. It has been great. Yeah, thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to the Stage Is Yours podcast. Want to know more? Then head over to all of our socials. You can find us at Stage Is Yours Pod, where you can catch a cheeky glimpse at some of our upcoming guests and subscribe to our YouTube channel to make sure that you never miss an episode. This has been the Stage Is Yours podcast, talking all things theatre and events. Until next time.